Welcome to Everyday Health Simplified. I'm Elisa Poole, ex-teacher turned health enthusiast. Each episode, you get bite-sized pieces of nutrition and mindset education so that you can be empowered to take the next step on your wellness journey. Welcome back, everyone. Last week, we learned all sorts of fascinating things about the fat on our bodies, including the fact that it makes seven hormones that our bodies need, and that it's part of our endocrine system, and that it affects our immune system, and that it can make itself. (laughs) If our fat has a mind of its own, and sometimes it really feels like it does, doesn't it? What do we do with it? Today's episode will highlight a few ways you can work with your fat instead of against it. Now, before we get started, I wanna remind everyone of three very important truths. First and foremost, there is no one way for all people. This refers to nutrition, exercise, handling stress, etc. One formula does not work for every person, no matter what you see in ads or on social media. Number two, you are not a failure if something that worked for someone else doesn't work for you. What it shows is that you need a different approach or maybe a longer time span. There are no quick fixes. If you look at the studies done on wellness, the shortest time span is usually three months, but often it's more like two years. We have been trained to believe that short-term fixes exist, but they do not. There is nothing wrong with you if a certain plan that worked for your bestie or your brother does not work for you. And number three, it is possible to love yourself and want to change your body. My goal is that we come from a place of respecting our body and not punishing it. This requires a shift in thinking. It requires making changes to your behavior because of what you want your health to be like in 20 years, not because you're ashamed of where you are currently. Humans come in all shapes, sizes, and body types, and they all have the capacity to be fully functioning, healthy, and vibrant. As the quote goes that's attributed to Helen Keller, be happy with what you have while working for what you want. So keeping those three truths in mind, let's talk about five ways that we can optimize our fat levels, when for most of us, our body keeps serenading our body fat with boys to men. Please don't go away from me. I'll be there for you. When you call my name, I'll reach out my hand to you. You might have an easier time or a more challenging time managing your fat depending on your age, your gender, your genetics, your microbiome, your dieting history, and your lifestyle. But there are things you can do. I'm gonna talk about five things today. The first thing you can do, which impacts all the others, is to mind your mind. By this, I mean you need to develop a preventative, proactive mindset towards your health. You are in a lifelong commitment. Your health is a relationship you have forever, regardless of how well it's going or where it goes in the future. Because guess what? You're gonna have your health, whether it's good health or bad health, wherever you go. You are in charge of setting the direction of your health. So questions you could be asking yourself are, what could you do to prevent more disease, more unhealthy actions? What could you do to promote more ease and healthier actions? How is your lifestyle contributing to the health you have and the health you want? You also need to mind your thoughts, especially in our health, 
people tend to have strong dichotomous thinking, meaning we're thinking in black and white, win or lose, success or fail, on or off, good or bad. We shame ourselves constantly, but this negativity compounds the obstacles in our minds and more often than not leads us to give up. I know you've experienced this very thing, right? It's like when you get a flat tire, instead of changing the tire, you go slash the other three as if that is a more helpful alternative. This is why your mindset and behaviors are so critical to practice changing and being intentional about doing so. So number one is to mind your mind. Now, if you recall from last week, we talked about how fat is affected by genetics. However, it's important to remember that most health issues we see today in the United States, like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and stress issues, are all preventable. In fact, of all diseases, only 5 to 10% are said to come from genetics alone. What matters more is lowering your genetic disposition. And that's really about how your genes interact with your environment and what environment you are providing for them. And it may require more focus for some people than others. So let's talk about how you can craft your environment to benefit your genetics, shall we? Obviously, it goes without saying that your nutrition is a vital piece of that puzzle. So optimizing your nutrition is the second most important way to influence your fat and your genes and I'm talking about your genetic genes and those genes that you put on in the morning, right? I could talk endlessly about nutrition because in my experience, there is nothing that impacts your hormonal health, your emotional health, and your physical health like nutrition can. Remember that what you eat makes up the cells of your body. It provides fuel for your mitochondria, which are your energy sources, and it determines the health of your gut bacteria. Your gut microbiome populations will impact how much ghrelin you make, that's the hunger hormone, as well as several other chemicals made in your gut that impact your metabolism. When you eat low-calorie, fibrous foods, that promotes weight loss by shifting the bacteria population and by getting less energy, which means fewer calories, from the food and producing more waste. So be diligent about your nutrition. My general recommendation to optimize overall health, because remember, nutrition is going to be unique to your bio-individuality, but generally my recommendation to start is to prioritize protein, make friends with healthy fats, and control your carbohydrate intake. Avoid processed foods, those are things in boxes and bags, and limit grains at least until you can recognize how which foods are affecting you in what way. When you eat your carbs, balance them with protein, fat, and fiber. Diets that are high in sugar and refined carbs and low in fiber lead to leptin resistance in your body. Fibrous salads, vegetables, and fruit all help diversify the bacteria in your microbiome and make you fuller on fewer calories. Fermented foods like kimchi and sauerkraut are also wonderful in that and are a great idea to incorporate often. You want to eat calories that have the most nutrient value as often as possible, and that will reflect in your health slowly but surely. Remember, I am here to help you. If you want to see the food template that I use for myself and my clients, text me the word template to 727-591-4959 and I will share it with you for free, okay? It's worth taking a look to see what you're already doing well and where you might make some changes. Included in nutrition is not only what you eat, but when you eat. Contrary to recent recommendations, eating small meals all day long may not be helpful. In fact, it could be detrimental. 
Again, remember, this is not a blanket statement for everyone. However, study after study is showing how beneficial it is to give our bodies long periods of rest in between eating so that it can digest, heal, and balance the metabolic hormones that are present in our system. So giving yourself 12 to 14 hours in between your last meal of the day and the first meal of the day as often as you can is typically a really great move. If you are snacking a lot during the day, that often is a habit that you've developed and does not necessarily mean you are actually hungry. And if you are hungry in between meals, it typically means you've not gotten enough basic nutrients. Remember, when your body is hungry, it is craving nutrients, not calories. Regardless of our genetics, our work setting, and our lifestyle, we still can control what goes on in our mouths and what we do with our bodies. Which brings me to number three, exercise. For some reason, the flash dance song is coming to mind. Dun, 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 dun. Exercise is one of our most powerful tools that we have to control our metabolism, our overall health, and our weight. When you are sedentary, fat accumulates around your internal organs underneath your stomach wall. That is called visceral fat, and it's harmful. Exercise helps direct that fat to your subcutaneous layer. It also promotes the release of adiponectin, which is the hormone that's used to move sugar and fat out of your blood into your subcutaneous fat to keep your blood clean. Exercise also promotes the release of growth hormone, adrenaline, and testosterone, all of which work to mobilize fat as energy instead of keeping it stored on your body. Exercise also produces more brown fat, which, if you recall, is the kind that burns calories. In one hour of exercise, women will typically burn more fat than men, but men will burn more the rest of the day due to having more muscle mass on their bodies. This is another reason, ladies, why strength training is so helpful for women, because the more muscle mass you have on your body, the more calories you burn at rest. Vigorous exercise, like high-intensity interval training or long, intense cardio sessions, reduce visceral fat. But there is a word of caution here. You don't want your exercise to be too strenuous for two main reasons. One reason deals with hunger hormones. Studies have shown that when women burn more than 500 calories in an exercise session, they tend to eat more to compensate. That's because their ghrelin levels go up by a third, but in men, ghrelin levels stay the same. So you don't wanna exercise so much that you overeat afterwards, is what I'm saying. The second reason we may not want to do too much vigorous exercise is that it can impact your cortisol levels. This is really geared towards people who lead highly stressful lives. They're always on the go, they're not sleeping well, they're dealing with a lot of stress simultaneously, and they don't feel good about it. If this is you, you are not going to want to do CrossFit five times a week or go on hour-long runs five times a week either. Vigorous exercise does raise your cortisol levels. So if your cortisol is already high, you may need to opt for strength training, yoga, or straight-up walking to maximize the environment you are providing for your health. Your body needs to rest and recover. And that is a perfect segue to number four, which is sleep. I've mentioned before why sleep is so critical to our health. It's the time when our body does the housekeeping, getting rid of all the decay and refreshing all our cells and systems so we're ready to go the next day. We cannot catch up on sleep. You need it every day. Sleep is a powerful environmental influence on your genetics. Two hunger hormones involved in your appetite, leptin and ghrelin, are regulated by sleep. When you get less sleep, your hunger hormone, ghrelin, rises, and your satiety hormone, leptin, lowers. 
This is not a helpful combination, in case you're wondering. Multiple studies in various ways show that with less sleep, people partake in more snacking, they are hungrier, they don't feel full, and that they have lower activity in the prefrontal cortex and temporal lobes, which impacts their memory and poor decision making. Long-term sleep loss is seriously harmful for our health. One study of over 68,000 women over 16 years found that women who slept five hours or less gained the most weight over time and were most likely to become obese. Lack of sleep has also been correlated with higher rates of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So to optimize your fat, your health, and your wellness in general, you want to control your environment as much as possible. That includes your sleep environment as well as your stress management, which is the fifth thing that you can do to impact your genes. Studies show that a lack of control in your environment chips away at your willpower and your ability to manage stress. So ways to manage your stress are minding your mind, really becoming aware of the emotions you're experiencing and asking why. I love how Dr. Caroline Leaf explains that our emotions, things like anxiety, depression, frustration, burnout, anger, and grief are not signs of mental illness or a defective brain. No, they are a normal part of life. They are warning signals that something is off and suppressing them is not the answer. Dealing with them, understanding them, and managing them is how you navigate them and come out a whole lot healthier on the other side. So practicing belly breathing, getting out in nature, yoga, meditation are all great ways to respond to stress. And if you feel out of control in your life, one idea that many experts suggest is practicing control in non-wellness areas like home organization or getting a plant. As you focus on either taking care of the plant or organizing one drawer a week, it boosts your feeling of control, which makes you stronger. If we feel uncertainty in our daily lives, that doubt can deplete our willpower. But we also know that willpower is something you can strengthen, like a muscle. And the more you practice, the easier it becomes. Handling your stress is definitely a must for all of us if we want to achieve and maintain wellness in our lives. The fat on your body has multiple important functions. With all that's happening in your life, your fat is singing the clash. Should I stay or should I go now? If I stay, there will be trouble. And if I go, there will be double. So come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? And your fat gets its answer largely by the environment you are giving it to live in and the choices that you make. So remember, the five ways that you can work with your fat instead of against it are minding your mind, being diligent about nutrition, exercising regularly, sleeping well, and managing your stress levels. As we said at the start, there is no one way that works for all people. There is nothing wrong with you if what works for me doesn't work for you. Your body is incredible. It actually is astounding and mind-blowing. Respect what it is doing to keep you healthy and alive, and you do your part to help it out. You can love yourself and want to make changes. In fact, in many instances, it's the most loving thing to do. Remember to give yourself grace. You're in this for the long haul. I want to acknowledge you for the things you are already doing to benefit your health, including listening to this podcast. Would you please do me the favor of rating and reviewing this podcast? Because in terms of getting the word out, that helps the most. And of course, sharing this podcast with someone you know benefits them too. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Until next time, keep practicing health every day. Hey.